podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Miller, lovely cushion header. Pachero! Oh, what a headshot! What a head! The time to Luis Garcia. Tries his luck. Hello and welcome to this, your Champions League preview here on Anfield Index. I'm your host, Andy Wales, and well, here we go, folks. It's, it's Champions League time again. Uh, back for another season, another exciting campaign, hopefully. And whoa, we're all going to kick, we're going to kick things off with a mouthwatering tie at home to PSG. So for a mouthwatering game, I've got two mouthwatering guests. Uh, first up, from France. I mean, who else could we get uh, when we want to talk about uh, French football? But our very own, the man from the Jumpers for Goalposts podcast, it is none other than Mr. Jan goski Messier. Hello there, Jan. It is lovely to speak to you once more. Yeah, nice to be back on, Andy. Thanks, mate. And joining joining Jan is another great guest, uh, Anfield Index contributor... It is, uh, and first time I've spoken to him on a podcast, uh, Mr. Umar Jawed. Uh, how are you doing, Umar? Yeah, fantastic, thanks. Uh, yeah, it's great to be um, on this podcast. Hey, more than welcome, more than welcome. Uh, it's, like I said, mouth-watering is the tie. It certainly, on paper, looks to be fantastic. Um, but before we actually get into the game itself, Let's, you know, get a couple of things, a couple of thoughts together, because, Jan, although you're based in France, and obviously you'll know all about the, uh, the the French side of things, you are, of course, a Liverpool fan. Of course. So what, what are your expectations for Liverpool in the Champions League this season? Uh, do you see do you see us replicating what we achieved last season, or, or potentially even going one step further? Well, Champions League is always a bit of an oddity, because uh, it's Apart from the league part, once it gets to the knockout phase, it's uh, oh, you know, it's a 50-50 thing, and uh, how well you play, how many injuries you haven't got, and whatever can make a, a a massive difference. So that bit's hard to say, but I see no reason, all things being equal, that we shouldn't do as well as we did last year. We've strengthened, uh, which is quite something, and I I yeah, I, I see no reason we can't go on. We have every much. Let's put it this way: we have every much a chance of winning it as any of the better teams in it. I think that's a very, very fair uh, assertion. And Umar, what, what about yourself? I mean, what are your expectations for Liverpool in the competition this season? Do Do you see us as doing what we did again last season? I mean, obviously, you know, we were. Even though everybody knows about Liverpool, they know about Klopp. I think so a lot of teams to come up to it actually in the flesh was was probably a bit of a new thing for a lot of those sides. So we're not quite the unknown team anymore, are we? And so do you, do you think it'd be difficult to replicate and and maybe like you said, same thing to Jan, you know, to go that one step further? I think personally, um, 
you know, when it comes down to the Champions League, uh, form does count, but mostly it's all about the squad as well. I think we're better equipped compared to last season coming in. Yes, we're a bit more known, but we're also, we have improved markedly when it comes to defensive sense and also, I think in midfield really, where I think Navi Keita can help us, um, massively so in certain games and, um, when we get overloaded in the central parts of the games. But um, I think last season, of course, we did finish. We were finalists. So um, to go better than that would be winning it, which is obviously the goal of all the top eight clubs in the world. But I do see us amongst them. So, yeah, we should definitely think of... Um, if we're willing to see Liverpool as challenges for the Premier League, then we should realistically see us ourselves as challenges for the Champions League also. And Jan... What about the group itself then? Uh, your thoughts on that one? Obviously PSG, which we'll go into more uh, shortly, but uh, Napoli and ooh, one one from the past, Red Star Belgrade. Yeah, that goes back to a, a long way back, doesn't it? I remember them when they once came to Anfield and gave us a bit of a footballing lesson. Way, way back. I think, what, 69 might, might have been? I'm not sure. Maybe a bit after that. Um yeah, it's uh, we can't complain about the group. We're as strong as anybody in it, and probably stronger. Um, PSG will have their own ideas, but um, Napoli and Red Star Belgrade, either one of those could be the whipping boys of the group if they don't get off to a flyer. Um, I would expect that us and PSG are the ones who go through, but uh, yeah, PSG, uh, they're a bit funny. Um, They've had an odd start to the season. They lost their first game at home to Wren, of all people, and uh, 2-0, in fact. And although they've had a draw and three wins since, uh, they've shipped goals as well, which isn't like them. Uh, well, isn't like they've been in previous seasons. So, yeah, uh, how many goals have they shipped? It's out of quick mental calculation. Uh I think they've shipped about nine or ten goals in four get uh, six games, six games. So more than a goal a game on average. Yeah, they're, so it's they're not firing. Yeah, they're not firing on all cylinders as such. They're, they've looked a bit odd, shall we say? Like they're not uh, they're not joined up properly. So I I, I think that if we go in uh, under Klopp's guidance and we carry on the sort of start we've had to the season, and I don't think we've even hit third gear yet. We barely got out of second. Then um, we could literally monster the group if the mood takes us. Mm, no, that's a nice prospect to think of. Uh, Umar, what about yourself then? On, on your brief thoughts on the group. Um, obviously, uh, you know we are going to be talking more about uh, PSG, and, and obviously. Uh, Red Star Belgrade, long time they've been out of the competition, as as Jan suggested, they could potentially become the whipping boys. But what of Napoli? I mean, attacking side that did so well in Italy last season, but they've lost a manager and they've lost one of their star players, uh, Jorginho, both to Chelsea. So, um, what what are your thoughts on on the draw that we've got? I think um, when you look at the draw, actually, it's um, it's really not a group of death, really. I mean, Napoli. Um, last season were a phenomenal side. They're still a really good side. Uh, but, um, they did lose Jorginho, but most importantly, they've lost Sari, 
And um, the last game, uh, they lost 3-0. So I think we do need to take that into account. Losing 3-0 for Napoli is uh, unacceptable, really, against, if I'm not remembering correctly, I think it was Sampdoria and Quagliariello. Quagliero has already scored goal of the season, actually, against them. <laughs> it's like a volley heel that went into the bottom corner of the goal. Phenomenal goal from him. But... um. So you, Napoli do not look strong. I know it was only a friendly. We beat them 5-0 in a friendly um, this season. And I was, their players are not coming in uh, with any surprises. They know what we, we we're capable of, which is kind of unfortunate that we played them in a friendly, um, which I'm 100% certain. If we knew that we were going to face them in the Champions League, there's no way Klopp would uh, have his best players playing against them. Because you want to, it's still a shock when you come up, uh, come up against Bobby, Salah, and Mane. It's one thing knowing, but when you're on the field with them and they're making those runs and they're pushing and harrying you around, it's it must be a completely different experience. Um, uh, but I think actually, if you look at the format of our fixtures, it's really suitable. First matches against PSG at home. Uh, hopefully, we get something from that. Second matches away to Napoli. Then the two games back to back against Red Star is what you want, really. So in those two games, hopefully, even if we don't have a good start, those two games is business time really to get some points on the board. And then the last two games, you know, by then you, you can have it sewn up actually, the qualification for the last 16. And as we know with the last 16, it doesn't really matter if you finish top sometimes because coming second means that you come up against Barcelona or coming first could mean you come up against someone like Shakhtar. So... You know, it's it's really is the Champions League. You're going to face elite opposition. So um, qualifying is the main goal from the group, and the way of the format of the of our fixtures is really favourable. Yeah, that's it. It's it's not an easy group by any means. It is quite a tough one. But say when, as you've both said, you know, when you look at it, there's certainly an opportunity there for for Liverpool to do well. And it, you know, it's, it's attacking sides, two good attacking sides, and that attacking football kind of attacking opponents really does suit Liverpool. So, so Jan, I mean, Thomas Tuchel has taken over at PSG. Um, has there been much change there? Because you know, from uh, from seeing him in the Bundesliga, he does like to tinker, he does like to play around with things, um, experiment with tactics and whatnot. Are we seeing any of that already at PSG? Yeah, I would say we probably are. Like I said, they, they lost their first game and uh, they have drawn one and they've won the other four out of the six. But they haven't won them comfortably apart from one against Khan. Uh, uh, Neem went, uh, I think, two up against them before PSG came back and won it. And that was because uh, Neem had a player sent off and PSG had one sent off towards the end as well. Uh so, yeah, that was in their last game. Yeah, they, they don't look as sure of themselves. I suppose that's what you'd say. You can see there's been changed by the way they set themselves out and the way they're struggling, I think, with Tuchel's uh, ideas of how they should play. Uh, last year, and traditionally, they played with in a sort of very loose sort of... Not exactly a formation. They, 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 they were a little bit like a, a slightly underpowered Klopp side in as much as that a lot of players would change 
positions. They would start in a formation, but after that it was more or less anything goes, or at least it looks like it was that kind of thing. But this year there's sort of a lot more holding and staying and knowing your areas and knowing where where you're supposed to be rather than swapping around. Whereas Cavani would, uh, last season, he would appear up the middle, he'd appear on the left, he'd appear on the right, he'd appear a bit deeper. Now he's more or less, you know, you're on the left and more or less stay there for the most part. And uh, he tends to get swapped out with Draxler a fair bit uh, as the game goes on, especially if uh, it's not going as well as people would like. And PSG fans are not all that happy. They've had a, a solid start, but not a great start. Uh, they never really seem to have found their old rhythm since the first game and that, that defeat against Wren at, uh, at their own stadium. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think we could come up against a, a slightly brittle PSG. Uh, certainly a more nervous team than they were last year, I should think. And the thing is, uh, they'll have studied the videos, but uh, as uh, our other guest there was saying, knowing what they, uh, Bobby and the others can do and actually stopping it is a different thing. Yeah, I mean, there's something you lose. I mean, first thing first, obviously, they, as, as you've mentioned, that you're not, they do have an embarrassment of riches in their attacking options. They have some fabulous players. There's no two ways about it. Uh, opinions may vary on Neymar, but he's terrifically talented. Uh, Kylian Mbappe is is just <laughs> is frightening already at such a tender age. Uh, and you've mentioned there, yeah, there's Julian Draxler, and um, you know that they also have so many good midfield players as well. But something you alluded to earlier at the beginning, as we were looking at the group, was. Uh, they've they've already started shipping goals. So yeah, exactly. You know, and against, and against as, League One teams, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was, was going to say is that, you know as much as um, we expect them to present a threat to us, could it be that um, although our attack might not on paper be as as uh, potent as theirs, um, defensively they they're not the best, and there's the opportunity for us to take full advantage. I think that's exactly right. Um, they're only not only not the best. They're not, nowhere near as solid at the back as they were last year. Uh, when teams like Wren and Nimes are shipping two goals past you in, in their respective games, and even teams like Angers uh, are scoring against you, you know you, you've got to and Gingomp, they, they put a couple past them as well. Um, you've got to wonder what is better opposition going to do to us. Mm. And it, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not saying this has happened. This would happen. It's not a prediction. But it's quite possible if Liverpool get off to a standard uh, Klopp's Liverpool in Europe start, it could be a, a little bit like the Sporting Lisbon game. Mm. You know, we could we could just hammer them in, in the first 25 minutes because um, they, they will probably try and start fast. But they won't start particularly organised. That's that's been what's catching them out. They look at, at odds with themselves. Just one final thing, then, Jan. Before I move back across yeah. to Umar, uh, what we what we hear a lot about PSG is is obviously the expectation is is that they you know it's almost like a base level expectation is 
that with the squad they have available, they will win League One. They're, they're going oh, to yeah. win the league. That you know, that's a base level expectation, but that's not enough to keep a manager in his job. What they're no. really looking for is European glory. Absolutely and right. That pressure is is that pressure sort of felt in France? Is is that really sort of prominent? The pressure I, on the club from its fans uh, and within the media in France. I think it's felt more within the club than with the fans. The fans, they hope for it, but the the fans, the fa- French fans, are, are quite interesting because they're quite realistic. And no, I've had this discussion with quite a few PSG fans, whereby they think that um, you know they're going to walk uh, League One most years. Occasionally, a Monaco will pop up, but uh, it's not going to happen that often. Uh, but they also realise that such is the, if you like, the weakness of competition in League One. There's nothing in it that really prepares them for coming up against the big boys in the Champions League. Uh, whereas Man City are under the same sort of uh, Arabic owner pressure to win the biggie, you know, to win all big ears. Uh, week in, week out, they can play against quality. They can play against Liverpool. They can play against Spuds, Chelsea, maybe Arsenal on a good day. Um, just not that level of competition in Ligue 1. Most, most of the teams you're going to come up with, uh, come up against, you're, you're expected to not just beat them, but give them a right good kicking, to be honest. And that hasn't been happening this season. They've won one game 3-0, which was against Cannes at, you know, in Paris. And then they went away to Cannes uh, just before that and drew nil-nil. So it's not really coming together for them. And there's a little bit of disquiet in the camp as well. We know that Adrian Rabiot isn't interested in signing a new deal, despite the fact they keep up in the money. Julian Draxler is supposedly having a look around, as is Marquinhos. They want to buy again um, next window. They didn't really do an awful lot of business this window, um, and some of their some of their players are getting on the older end. You know, they're, they're still good. No, let's not make a mistake there, like uh, Thiago Silva and whatever. But they know they need something extra, or they need these players to perform in a, as a team in a way they haven't done yet, really in Europe, except maybe once or twice. But they haven't got a, this consistent team ethic going, which is going to sweep them all the way to the final. Because as you rightly say, they've, they've certainly got the quality of player, but that it, 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 there's something, there's a chunk missing somewhere. And it's whether it's a mixture of the lack of competition in their own domestic league, which doesn't prepare them properly, or whether it's the fact that once they come up against the big boys, they're team limitations uh, are exposed. But there's there's also, all the attention is is always on two or three players, mostly Neymar in terms of the world's press, but the French press, it's all, almost entirely on Mbappe, uh, which I don't think Neymar is that fond of. <laughs> you know, he likes to be the big cheese. But um, We've seen that before, yes. Yeah, well, th- that's the thing. There's You hear, I, I've no evidence of this myself, not being a PSG fan, but you hear it in conversation with PSG fans that it's not necessarily the happiest of camps and there are clashes of egos. Uh, the same names go around, Mbappe, Neymar, Verratti, uh, Di Maria, who doesn't play as much as he'd like, um, Draxler, 
uh, and Cavani is about the, he's, this is the funny thing with Cavani. He's not actually liked by the PSG fans. They say, oh, fucking hell, he needs 10, 10 efforts to score a goal. But the thing is, he's one of their most consistent players in that he will always turn up and give what he's got. What he's got can be very loose, shall we say, sometimes. But the effort is always there. Whereas with some of the others, hmm, are they playing for the team? Are they playing for themselves? It's not never easy to tell. And uh, I've only seen them play live a couple of times in terms of, you know, in the flesh. But uh, on the telly, you, you watch them, of course, you get a, a slightly bigger expanded picture on the telly. And you think, what you know, he's... One player there, it might be, it might be Draxler or, uh, Di Maria on one of his appearances, uh, is busting a gut to get down the ring and down the wing. And nobody's busting a gut to get in the middle to get the ball, except Cavani, who, uh, quite often sort of ends up in completely the wrong place. They'll cross it to the back post, he'll go to the front post, he'll cross it to the front post, he'll, and so on and so forth. But they do a lot of, uh, Trotting about, I think, is uh, how my friend Angel puts it. A lot of sort of trotting about and looking good. Mm. <laughs> so it's it, they're an odd team. If they if they click, they can be very impressive, but they don't click as often as they should. So Umar, I mean, given given what you, we, we've heard there, uh, how do you expect Klopp to to approach this game? Do you think? There's there's the potential that maybe start the game a little more conservatively, given the the you know the attacking options that PSG do have, or do you expect us to? No, let's let's make a statement here out from the offset. As Jan mentioned as well, that you know there may be question marks over the team ethic there and, and the work rate and the togetherness, and we'll look to hit them hard, hit them early. I think we're just going to have the same approach, really. Um... Of hitting them hard, hitting them early because they, most importantly, their manager is a manager who believes in, uh, passing their way out of trouble at all times, not launching it into, uh, channels, not running, uh, not long ball football at any given time, very strict instructions on how to play your build up football suits us perfectly really to hit them at that. And most importantly, um, Buffon's out. He can't play the game. Verratti, who's their best, uh, Passer, arguably, he's the one. He is literally the metronome of that team. He's out. He cannot play this game. He's got a card suspension as well. So that just leaves him. And I think Kazawa might not make it. Neither will Danny Alves, I think. And all of a sudden, those are a lot of really important players. And um, it really does wound them. It massively wounds them. And um, what you're left with is, yes, you still have a... Uh, world class forward line, but so do we. Um, but your back line isn't as good as ours. And, uh, without Verratti, I would argue even your midfield, central midfield isn't better than ours. Uh, because, uh, looking at their team, Verratti walks straight into our team uh, at the six. It's not even up for debate. And then, um, but with the other two midfielders, it's still up to question because they do always change it around. But the quality at PSG is never up for question. Just look at Lucas Mauro. He was rotting in their reserves. He wasn't even making the 18 squad. Now he's starring for Tottenham in the Premier League. That just tells you the kind of quality that team has. The problem with PSG is actually 
And when people talk about they're not gelling together, they're not getting along, it's because they're not under a world-class manager. And arguably, they've never been under a world-class manager. Uh, this crop of talent, anyway. So Neymar came in. Who was his manager? Um, it's just on the top of my Mary? head. Yeah, yeah, it was a Mary. And um, he's, a, he's a quality manager. There's no question about that. He's very good. If you look at his record at Sevilla, but he doesn't have any charisma. And he can't lead a team the way... Uh, that's the kind of debate people had about Rafa Benitez. It was never about his talents, but it was about charisma and people, players believing in him. And um, that's the issue he had at Real Madrid, arguably at Inter as well. And that's the issues that um, I think uh, any manager's going to have at PSG, because PSG is not <coughs> any normal club, really. It is a very strange club, because they do have some history as well. It's not just a Manchester City who were rubbish and then they got money. They used to be good and then they were rubbish, but they always have a bit more history to them. And now they've got a lot of players, but they, I think under a quality manager, uh, possibly a Conte, I can see them being actual serious challenges for the Champions League. I, I just don't see the depth in them really as a team. And it's because of that. In the last four games, they've conceded four goals against poor opposition. And that's a goal of game conceding, which is just ridiculously unacceptable. And I do believe in the theory that when you play week in, week out in domestic games where you're, you're kind of brain dead, you're just walking through them, it will challenge, when, when it comes to actually challenges facing you, you're going to really struggle. And that's the main problem that PSG have compared to every other team in the, yeah. when it comes to the Champions League. And, um, I can see the side of, well, when it gets to the semi-finals, quarter-finals, it must be lovely when you can just rest your best players. But actually, we've seen it as Liverpool fans. When we've rested players for 10 days, 12 days, when it comes to actually playing, they are struggling. And um, their rhythm is out of... It's, they're just out of rhythm. They're out of form. Um, sometimes it, it's better to if you, you get repetitive games compared to when you have a big layoff. So... Um, Honestly, the only team in my history as a Liverpool fan that really frightened me was the 2004 to 2007, I would argue, Chelsea side. Because that side was, was still for me, like that's probably the most underrated side I've ever seen when it comes to money being spent and all the talent they had. Um, that Chelsea side was just monsters, really. PSG are not that threatening considering the forward lines we have, the way we can exploit them the style of play their manager has um, and uh, the fact that they are going to always look, their solution's always going to be on the ball and when your solution's always trying to pass your way out and you're missing variety, well, I think it's curtains. So I, I can see us actually absolutely mollering them. Um, I'm completely, there's nothing to worry about them. They're, I think Napoli is a bigger challenge because Napoli are, have changed. They're not an all-out attacking side now. They're much more conservative. They're going to be much more on the counter-attacking side of it. Um, Carlo Ancelotti is going to have a very different style of play compared to Sarri. And uh, it's going to be more of a 4-2-3-1, I believe. Uh, or even a complete block of 4-5-1 against us. And uh, so I think, actually, when it comes to a home match, um, I think PSG suits us perfectly. Mm, and, I mean, as you mentioned there, you know, 
in terms of preparation and being ready for this kind of level of competition. Could it sort of perversely be that uh, playing Spurs the weekend before playing PSG actually works in our favour in that, you know, that level of competition has got us ready for such a high calibre game as PSG, whilst, whilst you mentioned, you know, Paris are, are really playing much lower level, all due respect to Ligue 1. No, I think, uh, I think when it comes to matches early on, it's probably better if you play someone rubbish. But what I'm trying to say is when it's months, uh, I'm talking once you're out of the group stage and it comes to the knockout and for the past two months you've been playing against garbage compared to you're coming up against Manchester City, you're coming against Chelsea, you're coming across, uh, I don't know, right now Watford look phenomenal. <laughs> you know, if you come across talent sides, um, and then for two, three months when it's just concentrated on domestic football, I think then that's where the difference comes, actually. That's where it comes down to repetition, not boring your players. I think the best, I think the best managers, the thing that makes them the best is really is not, is keeping it fun for the best footballers because with the best footballers in the world, I think it does come, come down to keeping it interesting for them, not boring them out. And I think when it comes to domestic games and, Neymar, I'm sure when Neymar's facing a lot of oppositions, I would not be surprised if he doesn't know half of the players' names he's facing. For who start for Kian or Gwingan, for instance. I'm pretty certain if you sat him down and you told me who's their left back, he wouldn't know. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Whereas if you turned round to, I don't know, uh, let's say Mohamed Salah and you asked him about the left back of Bournemouth, he would know that who the left back is. So I think that's the difference I'm talking about. When your brain is dead and you're playing these games repetitively uh, for two, three months, and then you come across quality opposition, the anxiety you're going to feel, the expectations, the even the excitement, sometimes being too excited isn't great for you as well because you haven't faced that kind of opposition in your domestic league. So when it comes to the Champions League and you all of a sudden do, it becomes too much of an exhibition than it should be. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and Jan, I know we've we've spoken a lot about the players and a bit about the managers, but I think undoubtedly what is going to be a big theme on the on the eve of the match and probably <laughs> feature heavily throughout it will be that head to head between the two managers, uh, Jurgen Klopp and Thomas Tuchel. Obviously, I mean, there's a lot of history between the two. Um, they're very amicable between them. But Tuchel followed in the footsteps of Klopp, taking over from him at Mainz, then taking over from him at Dortmund. Um, domestically in Germany, Klopp, as you would expect, given the, the stature of the two teams they were in charge of, is much, much heavier on, you know, in his favour in terms of results. So the last time these two have faced each other was in the Europa League, Liverpool taking on Dortmund. Yeah. Uh, the draw, the draw at the Westfalen Stadion, then the dramatic last gaffes win at Anfield. Do you what? What kind of effect do you think, if any, uh, that this thing between the two of them will, will have on the game? In the you know in the in the minds of the two managers. Mm. Good question. Uh... In Klopp's mind, I don't think it'll make one bit of difference whatsoever. I don't think he even thinks that way. Uh, Tuchel's an old friend. Um, they'll basically look at, he'll look at it that way and, oh, nice to see you, you know, uh, but he'll go about his business. 
Tuchel has not done well against Klopp. Uh, I still can't forget his slightly sour face after you know, we, we booted them out of the Europa League and he was interviewed afterwards. And they said, do you wish Liverpool well now? And uh, your old friend Klopp said, no, I don't care. Uh, there was, <laughs> and I, I think it probably, if there's a bug about this, it's probably in Tuchel's head. I don't think it's going to bother Klopp one iota. He knows his team, he knows his tactics, uh, whereas Tuchel's still getting to know his team and still getting to know what tactics they can actually get their heads around. Uh, just to, to go slight backtrack on uh, on this, uh, going back to one of Umar's points there, it's not that they need a world-class manager. The problem they've really got at PSG uh, is egos. Basically, that um, the dressing room is king. It's the same problem that you've had, you know, that Chelsea side was saying that was great for a little while, and then that problem hit them, especially once uh, Mourinho had buggered off. Whereas you've got this, uh, the dressing room decided whether the manager was going to make it or not, rather than the manager deciding whether the team were going to be up to it or not. And there's a little bit about that with PSG now, is they've got this sort of, uh, this hold full of egos. Uh, and I wonder just how well Tuchel is getting to grips with them. The rumblings of complaints, shall we say, in the press about uh, whether Tuchel's the right man for the job, but time will tell on that. But I can't imagine, if you think about it, I can't imagine, say, the owners backing Tuchel over Neymar or over Verratti or, and so on and so forth. And they're a little bit cliquey like that. So there will be the team slightly at odds with itself, the manager at odds with his own personal history, uh, especially in regards to our manager. And I would think that they go into this tie somewhat more tense than we would be, in uh, all things being equal. Uh, especially, as I, I agree with you, if we come up against Spurs and we get a nice result there and we play well, that sets us up beautifully for this because, uh, you know, playing against Spurs, you'd think we'd have to go up a level to what we've played so far. And if we do, and everybody's sort of slapping themselves on the back saying, yes, we did those buggers, then PSG beware, really. Mm. And Umar Singh? I suppose same kind of question to yourself then. What effect do you, do you think this, you know, the, the whole sort of Klopp, Tuchel subplots, which, which is bound to, to be a, a major thing throughout the night. I mean, I doubtless expect the cameras to be focused between the two managers quite often. Um, do you think it'll have any effect? Or, or, or like Jan, do you think it's going to be perhaps more in the mind of Tuchel uh, to, to maybe uh, get one over his his old friend more than it would be to Klopp? I think, to be fair, um, I don't I think with Klopp, he, we know that he has, you know, he's a very, he's very public, of course, but um, he's also very secretive. We generally do not know what he's like when it comes to being in person, but I do bet he's very intense as well. So he, and he must be, of course, like all top managers, still very competitive. And I'm sure he 
does want to put him in his place, of course, because they are from they are from similar schools, but also dramatically different at the same time. You know, he's a very Pep Guardiola mold manager, Tuchel, and uh, I'm sure it hurt Klopp when, uh, especially in the first six months, you know, when he was lounging around, and then he came to Liverpool, and everyone was waxing lyrical about Tuchel's Bayern Munich, yeah, sorry, Borussia Dortmund, and how they're playing the best football we've seen at Borussia Dortmund. And how they just, you know, he's changed the game completely. How he's even a step ahead of Klopp. I am sure that must have hurt his feelings. So I'm not, I don't think he's going to be going into this game all pally. You know, even though he did put him in his place, uh, when it came to actually facing, when it came to actually facing him in the uh, Europa League. Uh, but I think this is one of those games where, you know, um, have, have you guys read that book from uh, Rafael Huningstein? Regards to Klopp, uh, the the Klopp, uh, the autobiography, because that was quite revealing of when he went to Dortmund, back to Dortmund when he was a Liverpool manager, and uh, you know a few months later he's going to Dortmund, and um, the welcome he got from the club and everything apparently really deeply hurt him. He was expecting a very different experience, but Borussia Dortmund were thinking more business first, and uh, that really hurt his feelings and. Apparently that just changed everything for him with regards to how he saw his time at Borussia Dortmund in the sense that that wasn't his club and he realised that actually his real club when it comes to Germany is always going to be Mainz and Dortmund, even though it's a special relationship, it's not on the same mould and I think he he's the kind of person who um, he's clearly someone who can hold a grudge if he needs to, as we saw with Sacco and uh, I think this is something that this is someone who took his place, and uh, he was seen as you know as this successor to him. So he, even though I'm sure he liked him and everything, there is rivalry there. That's my theory, anyway, based on nothing, on me just uh, pulling on strings, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like good old friendly rivalry, oh, though. Of course, but yeah, uh, yeah of, of course, I'm sure he doesn't hate this person, but. They're from different schools of uh, thoughts when it comes to football, really. And uh, was, and uh, I think he just wants to show, you know, I think he just thinks he's got the number over them. He said the same about Guardiola, he, and he's true. He said, I've never had a team as good as Guardiola's teams whenever I faced him, and that's a fact. And even then, he whoops his ass, you know, if you look at their head-to-head. So I don't see why it will be any different against Tuchel. Mm. I think I just think it's going to be. I think, as you know, as you've mentioned briefly as well, I think there could be a very interesting um, subplot between the two, just purely in tactics, uh, quite how they combat each other. Um, that in itself, you know, and based around, you know, the, the fact that they're friends and there will be a natural competitiveness there between them. Um, it, it could be could be an interesting thing, and obviously. That moving on from the whole, the media aspect, the fact that they have, you know, that Tuchel has kind of followed uh, Klopp along in a couple of steps. Before we wrap things up and get uh, predictions, um, all I want to get from you both is uh, some key players. So, Jan, who do you think could be, if if PSG are going to come out of this um, successfully, who do you think would be key to them doing that? Well... Neymar would have to play for the team and not for himself. That would be one thing. Gavani will have to have one of his good days. 
um, Ariola is going to have to have at least the same sort of performance he had for France the other night in goal. Um, the middle, it's hard to see who he's going to pick and how he's going to play them at the moment with Verratti out. Uh, I don't know. Uh, they are, go- they are going to have to play as a unit. And that's what they've found singularly difficult to do so far. So do you think if they are going to be successful, it's going to take somewhere between the goalkeeper having a, a blinder and these the star names up front delivering the goods? Something along those lines, at the very least, yeah. yeah. Uh, they, they are not great at keeping their concentration for the whole game. And as we know, against us, with our, our front line and our midfield, that could be bloody lethal. <laughs> uh, and Umar, what about for Liverpool's players then? For, for, for Liverpool to be successful here at home against PSG, um, who do you think, which players are going to be absolutely key to, to Klopp uh, coming out on top once more against Thomas Tuchel? I think uh, the most important players for this game actually are going to be the two inside forwards uh, when it comes to Salamane because they're coming across two fullbacks who are not top tier fullbacks really um, I would argue especially when it comes to uh, quick uh, turning forwards that the ones that we have uh, because you know there's no Danny Alves and even if there is Danny Alves he's a 36 37 year old Danny Alves and uh, he's probably great for the first 30 to 45 minutes. But when it comes to after 60 and you've got Mane still bombing at you, I can't imagine that being fun for him. Uh, but he's probably not even fit to play anyway. So at left back, they're without Kozawa, who there's always been question marks about when it comes to defensive phase. So that's an issue for them. So I think those two, but specifically, I just for once want to see our midfield, when they come across the top tier team, to actually dictate some play as well because we always rely on our forward line and re- and our defenders are actually phenomenal on the ball all four of them and even our goalkeeper now so you know and I think the midfield always gets a free pass because of the world class players at the front and the one world class defender at the back next to some very very good defenders now so um, I think really the most important players to Mane and um Mane and Salah and then the whoever's in the six for us he has to be the one who breaks the play but actually is press resistant and gets the ball forward in very good fashion and also for them I think it's Marquinhos and Rabiot because I think Rabiot is going to play and I'm sure he's excited to play at Anfield he did post on Instagram that he deleted really quickly where he just made a lot of hearts uh, with eyes um, and wrote Anfield that when we were playing, I think we were playing Roma. Um, so he's clearly, he, he, he's, he's on record saying that he was a Liverpool fan as a kid. He is, I'm sure yeah. he's going sure to be up for the game and I'm sure he's not going to be going easy on us, but he's going to be coming out to give us a show. And as everyone said, I think Neymar is the biggest threat for them in the sense that I would argue Trent's probably the weakest out of the two fullbacks we have when it comes to defensively. Um, even though Trent's quality is obviously is great, but Neymar's one of the best players in the world, and uh, he's up against a young fullback and a young defender, and young players do make mistakes, which is fine because that's how you grow. But um, uh, when you're up against elite, it's going to be really tough against for him. So I think for them, it's Neymar and Rabiot, 
And uh, for us, it's going to be Salamane and whoever's in the number six position. And yeah, I'll come back to you then. What, what about you for the Liverpool side of things? Uh, for Liverpool to be successful, who do you think are going to be the key players, obviously, given your your inside knowledge of, of PSG? Well, if, if our newly formed defence plays the way we know it can now, uh, they could get stifled a lot because of the press going on at the other end. I think I think all the usual suspects. What will be interesting will be is if Fabinho gets to play because he's consistently done well against the PSG midfield. Let's see. I, I mean, Salah, obviously. Mane, obviously. Firmino, obviously. I think their defence will have real difficulty in picking Firmino up. Um, from the middle, uh, just behind, Keita, I think, could end up being quite key for us. Because he he is able to ghost past the somewhat static midfield as as it can be at times, and compress the space between you know the middle and the forwards. And if we then press forward again and keep a reasonably high line, because we've got speed at the back, all four of our de- uh, our defenders are fairly swift. Some some are, are like lightning. You know, Neymar. I wonder which side he'll go for. He won't fancy going strictly down the middle because that will put him up against uh, Big Verge and Joe Gomez. And I don't think he'll fancy that. He's, he doesn't like a physical game. As we know, he likes to roll around a lot. Um, will he go to the left or will he go to the right? That would be that'll be interesting. Either way, if he goes up against Andy Robbo, I quite fancy Andy Robbo to annoy him. Basically, not give him the space. Uh, if he goes up against Trent, I think Trent's speed, uh, 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 despite what Umar said, I think Trent's improved quite a bit on the defensive front. Um, and uh, Trent's physicality and speed is not something he's going to fancy that much either. So uh, I, it could be that uh, our forward line does what it does maybe in a slightly higher gear, but our defence could literally shut them down. Mm, it's, it's certainly uh, an intriguing one. Fi- final uh, from you both then, uh, I just need a match prediction. Uh, you don't have to give me a score then if you don't want to, but uh, okay. just purely, Umar, you can go first then. Okay. Uh, what, what are you expecting from this then? Uh, um, win, win, yeah. or draw? 3-1 uh, to Liverpool. Ooh. Yeah, so no, Very bold. Three one or four one or four two actually, but I can see we're going to score a lot of goals. They're going to score a couple because um, Trent's fast, but Neymar's quicker, and uh, he's. I think the biggest problem he's Neymar's going to have is not going to be Trent. It's going to be Joe Gomez's pace because he's ridiculously fast for centre back. So he's going to close the spaces that he does make, and that does open up as well. So yeah, I think four two to us. We're going to absolutely muller them. I'll be really surprised. Actually, I'll be worried if we don't beat them because I I just can't see how we do not beat this team. I like That's it. Very fine. confident. Very confident. Yeah. Uh, a win and goals in it. Uh, Jan, yourself, uh, what what are you expecting result-wise? I'm expecting that we'll win. Um, if, we, if we fly at them in a typical Klopp European night manner and we get a couple of goals, say, within the first 20 minutes, their heads can drop. 
They've done they've done that twice already this season. That when they've been caught completely out and their heads have gone, oh god. Uh, we could we could win by a couple of goals. Uh, it could be a fairly close score, or we could run up a cricket score. It, it it all depends how quick, how fast, how hard, and how they react. And I'm not optimistic about the way they would react if we get in early. Well, there there you go, folks. Uh, it's uh, it, it's going to be exciting. Yep. <laughs> Losing the power of speech. It certainly will be exciting. Um, it could be lots of goals in it. Um, and we're feeling quite confident. Um, there you go. Tuesday night at Anfield, Liverpool are home to PSG. These are the ties that we live for. And it's, it's worth saying that we need fear no one. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and on that, my thanks to Mr. Yangoski Monsieur. My thanks to Umaja Wade. And our thanks to all of you for, for listening. We will be back before the Napoli game, but until then, from me, Andy Wills, it's bye-bye now. Network.